All right, guys, big episode of the Nordies podcast. There's twins coaching drama. We talk about the NBA draft and some trade rumors. The Avalanche are the Stanley Cup champions, and it's crazy season in transfer rumor land in world soccer. Here we go. And here we go, Nordy's Podcast. I'm Eric. I'm here with Ryan and Jim. How's it going, guys? Uh, Very well. Happy to be here. I'm okay. I'm good. Uh, Turbulent times, but you know what? We're just going to have fun tonight and uh, talk some sports. Can't wait. We are. We're going to do that. All right, guys. So before we dive into this great episode of sports casting, we need you guys to give us a follow on Twitter and Instagram at Nordeast Podcast. Also subscribe anywhere that you guys get your favorite podcasts from and get the Nordeast Podcast directly to your phone or your device each and every week for free. Thank Sweet. you. All right, guys, what are you drinking tonight? Okay, do you guys remember when the when Indeed was going to drop that like weird four pack of funny, goofy flavors of their cream ale, right? So mm-hmm. I'm having I'm gonna have two by the time this podcast is over. I think first I'm going snow cone cream ale. Next I'm going Italian ice cream ale. Also comes with pistachio, which they've had for a while, and then an orange dreamsicle. So um, so far this snow cone one is kind of mid, but you know what? We figured that it's fun and uh, it's it's a, you know cheap twelve pack. So I'm into it. I remember the pistachio one not being that bad. No, that one's I pretty good. That being that was pretty drinkable. I don't know. I don't always love cream ale, so I don't know why I bought this, but I wanted to try it. That's oh yeah, that's why I bought it because it's fun. That's it. It's fun and cheap. There you it's go. not a it's not a thirty dollar commitment, right? Exactly. Twelve twelve bucks. Um, speaking of twelve dollars, um, I got a four pack of Junkyard Garden Grove Pale Ale featuring some uh, whatever weird hops. This is this is like one of my favorite beers I've ever had from Junkyard. Damn. Um, it's a light, easy drinking deliciously flavored 5.5% ABV. It hits. This is like Junkyard's false pattern if they made it in perpetuity, which they never do. Right. Uh, But this is one of those ones that would be like, they should have this in the tap room all the time. So Garden Garden Grove from Junkyard? Garden Grove. Yeah, Garden Grove Pale Ale. I'm going to look out for that one. That sounds awesome. It's it's an orange can if you, uh, you know, if you happen to see that. Beautiful. Right. I'm drinking uh, former Nordy winner, uh, Blackstack and their collaboration with Weldworks. And this is called Loud Bits, and it's a double dry hop, double IPA. And I think, Jim, I think you got this for me. That was really kind of you. Thank I you. I did. So Happy much. birthday, Eric. Thank you. That was really nice of you. It's a delicious beer. I love their big beers. And uh, this is no different than every time they make one. It's wonderful. Thank you. Exactly. What's that one at? Like 8.2? Sounds like a, that's a, usually like the double standard. Mm. This one don't, is at. Don't have them read a. 8.0. All right. At nice least call, it doesn't Ryan. have uh, cinnamon or what? what's the flavor? Spearmint. Uh, spearmint. Yeah, there we go. Spearmint. Or spearmint, yeah. <laughs> mint. Anything mint is a problem. It's good. All right, good. guys. Um, let's go on to the starting lineup. First up, I think this is sad news, but I'm sure some people are excited. Adrian Peterson, Minnesota Viking great, one of the great Vikings of all time, is scheduled to fight Le'Veon Bell in a boxing match between two washed-up guys who need money. This is kind of a bummer to me. I know that these are not good guys. I know Adrian Peterson has been a total jerk, but like it just kind of sucks to watch someone who obviously um, didn't have the um, people around him, the the circle around him, the intelligence, the whatever to handle his fame and his money, um, like his talent, uh, you know, should have allowed him to. And so it's like guys who are having to put, you know, pay their bills by like fighting each other. 
I think it sets kind of a bad precedent. I don't really like this. Like, there's a big difference between Jake Paul and Logan Paul fighting other celebrities for, like, tons of money in something that they train really hard for all the time. Yeah. And this, which is going to be not that. Yeah, I agree. And it, it just looks bad for how the, the position has changed of running back. Like to have two running backs that made so much money for a short amount of time, got burnt out. Up, talk about like, you know, above replacement, value above replacement. It's just not that high. Um, yeah. We've seen that now. And so these guys are out of the league. Uh, I'm guessing that the whole plane incident, while he, Adrian Peterson didn't get in legal trouble for it, I'm sure he spent a bunch on lawyers to prevent that. Um, so that's probably why he's like, fuck, I'll take a boxing match, I guess. So, yeah, this is not like great. Uh, not going to be paying for this one regardless, but I kind of agree on your take. Like this kind of blows. Can I can I go? Uh, can I go the other way for just just a minute in that um, I think maybe these are still athletes, right, that feel they can still compete on some level. And I'm not saying that they're able to protect themselves in a boxing sense where mm-hmm. it's going to feel safe, but maybe they just still want to like be competitive and do something. And I'm not saying it's for money, right? It could be, it very well could be, but maybe this is really their only avenue. I'm going to, I'm going to ask you guys, how old do you think Le'Veon Bell is? 28. Um, yeah, he's probably 30. He's 29. 30. I I mean, he's not like a dead athlete at right. 30 And AP is, is 34? 37. So 37. he's he's on the higher end of the spectrum. I would agree. I, I mean, I totally get it. But I, I don't think Le'Veon Bell might feel like, um, you know, I might be able to make something of this. I'm not yeah. saying it's right or wrong. I'm, I'm just saying that, like, maybe there's a competitive athlete still in them um, that wants to do something. And this is really the only avenue. Okay. Um, watching someone get CTE live on a pay-per-view event is not fun, in my opinion. So I, I completely agree with that. I really but, prefer it on a Monday night, you know. Helmet to helmet's the only way I'm approving that. <laughs> That's how I like my CTE. All right. I, I mean, you know, that could be a part of it. Uh, still not going to tune into this, but, you know. And also, there, I don't think Le'Veon Bell made that much money because he was the one guy that, like, sat out for an entire year because he wouldn't sign the Steelers, whatever. I don't remember the whole contract. He wanted drama. more and didn't get anything. And then he held out for an entire year. And I think he signed the Jets he signed with for like, yeah, I don't know, three-year deal. Yeah, it's not very, not very much money. All right. Um, next up, more bad news in the NFL. It sounds like Deshaun Watson is going to be suspended indefinitely, which will mean at least the entire season. Right. But that's so I've heard, news. I've heard multiple. Uh, so they have, they have an arbitrator that's going to uh, listen to arguments from the players union's lawyers and is going to listen to arguments from the league. Um, and it's apparently it's a female judge with lots of um, experience and has zero ties to any NFL cases ever. And she's going to uh, rule based on evidence that she hears. And then Roger Goodell can either accept that or can appeal to another sort of independent arbitrator above that, beyond that, um, depending on, you know, what, you know, kind of whatever verdict, you know, uh, that she rendered at that point in time. I don't so think there's not, a chance he plays this year. Right. Zero percent chance he plays this season. So why was that? I mean, like pretty much how it's set up to the NFL. Right. I just think it's like bad news that like a big star player in the league is a crummy, scummy criminal yeah. who assaulted we a bunch of women. I mean, it's good news that he will get punished for it, but it just yeah. it, it just is more bad news for but the NFL. But is he, 
Is he yeah. getting punished based on the Browns structuring of their contract for him? He's essentially, no. if he's suspended for the season, he's losing a million dollars. And then if he plays the following season, he makes 25 million guaranteed. Like, I right. don't know what the number yeah, is. But a- it's, I mean, it's, fucking it's, talk about AP. He lost more money on his deal. His, yeah, it's, it, I mean, it's, whatever, whatever Deshaun Watson's number is with the Browns is stupid. It, it, like, it's ridiculously high. But if he's suspended for the next season, he's missing out on a million. So crazy. All right. Uh, next up in the world of football, a little more exciting. Arch Manning, uh, the number one quarterback prospect, uh, has agreed to attend the University of Texas, which everything always goes right for the University of Texas. Just kidding. They've been a complete disaster for like 20 years. And I think it's hilarious. I mean, since Vince Young, yeah, they haven't done really anything. <laughs> it's really funny to me. Like Texas football, what a big deal. You guys have to hear about Texas football. And then they always get the top prospect and then they always stink. I don't know. I do think the Manning thing is pretty cool. I, I actually have a pretty favorable feeling towards the Manning family. Not sure why I do. Um, um, but I yeah, think they're, they're, like, they're good okay. for the sport. They've been, I mean, obviously Peyton is an all-time great. Um, his dad was good. His brother was good. Uh, you know, multiple Hall of Famers in the same family. Now, Arch is uh, Eli and Peyton, a nephew, and he's the top guy in the country. So I do think it's kind of cool that, like, they are just this, like, royal family of quarterbacking much. And I, I, I don't know. I, I, I hope that Arch Manning ends up being something good. I think that would Yeah. Like, I mean, just like the rest of his family, good at on and off the field. Yeah. You know. Um, I think that they've been good ambassadors and they've been good, uh, they've been, you know, good citizens. They donate a lot of money and time. And I think that there's nothing wrong with cheering for this kid besides the fact that he plays in Texas. My favorite thing is like, have you heard, the, you know how they have like the Peyton and Eli like cast during a Monday Night Football? Yeah. Have you heard the point where the thing where Eli's like, what do you think about that, Peyton? And then Peyton's like, I can't fucking hear shit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Then yeah, I did hear that. Oh, he's like disconnected and thinks he's or thinks he's just been lost, but he has it. Eli's I like, I think Peyton is doing something else right now, or something. Yeah, yeah. I think I think they're great. I I'm cheering for Arch Manning. I am. I don't care that he's at Texas. It doesn't really bother. Me. It's better than being at Notre Dame or even Alabama. So I'm. I hope it goes well. I actually think cool story and like. I'm always really impressed with like teen teens who have, you know, such a spotlight on them and they're thrown into a pressure situation and they're able to like handle it with grace that very few people could. I always kind of cheer for them. And I don't think it's cool to like hate like 16 and 17 year old athletes. Like right. let them like be a douchebag adult before I can cheer again. So I'm cheering yeah, for him. But I, think, I think it's cool. Yeah. All right. This is not as cool. Twins pitching coach. I don't know what his name is. Leaves for LSU. Wes Johnson. Wes Johnson leaves for LSU for a, a job of the same job, a pitching coach <laughs> job in college. This is kind of alarming. It's, it's one of two things. Uh, Maybe the Twins gave him an opportunity um, to say, like, uh, dude, our bullpen's a disaster. You've done okay things with the starting rotation, but we can't, you know, we're going to have to move on from you if you don't fix this. And so we're going to give you a couple months to find a job out of respect for what you've done. And then, you know, he got to, he miraculous as a former college pitching coach was able to parlay that into uh, finding another job. Um, or there's some weird shit going on, but I prefer to think it's the, it's the former, um, that just, it wasn't working out. The twins were being respectful. Um, they probably already have a, you know, they probably already had like search going, um, and asked him to, to do the same. Yeah. That's, that's you my hope. I, 
I heard that there's a couple things that could be better about this job than that would be in the MLB. You make as much or maybe even a little bit more money on some of the college teams. Um, and they only really work Monday through Friday. They actually have the weekends off. So maybe it's a work-life balance thing. Um, you'd have to hear it from him. But there's a couple things that, you know, maybe there's an option C in there. And it doesn't always sort of kind of lead back to like, dude, people are bailing just to go to fucking college. I mean, it sounds bad. Well, and, and you're, you're probably right, Jimbo. There's probably like a blend between what I said and what you said yeah. about making money and work-life balance. Right. So there, there's probably some combination of those things. Why you'd want to move to Louisiana voluntarily, I don't know. Yeah. Um, but he has his reasons, I'm sure. Mm. A little weird. I'm just hoping that uh, things are not too tumultuous with our guy Rocco and uh, some of his ways. So who knows exactly why this move was made. I can't imagine it will really have felt that much. Um, well, the bullpen can't get a whole lot worse other than Duran. So um, I... Don't see it being a negative thing in that regard. I did see this, though. I don't know exactly what point this was at, but like the at this point last year, um, the Twins had 55 losses, and at the point that they were measuring from this year, they had 33 losses. Wow. Or no, I'm sorry. It was like it was like the Twins won their 40th game, and last year when they won their 40th game, they had 55 losses, and this year when they won their 40th game, they had 33 losses, but it was. So they okay. are significantly better this year than they were last year which is nice and yeah. there is some real dudes on the team mike buxton is an absolute animal he's a dude arise is great correa is a nice player duran has been really good the pitching the starting pitching has been okay like there's some fun pieces on this team they're, they're getting they're any... set up to lose to the yankees in the playoffs yeah, yeah. wait especially because the yankees are having their best season since like 1972 of course yeah. why the fuck do we always get matched up against them like um, why can't we play somebody else first i think the gods of sports well, we we did and then we played Houston, and we got swept by them, too. Right. Guys were like, okay, we're going to give you the chance here. You're going to play yeah. a lesser team, and we still Can get our ass. win one of these games? No, we can't. No, no, you're not supposed to. You're supposed to just be miserable. This They're is like, – this is uh, it's it. I blame Eric. It's the Arsenal versus Bayern or uh, – I forget who you always drew. Barcelona. Monica. Monica. No, 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 no. It's one of, like, the bigger Barcelona, teams. Barcelona. We just drew Barcelona and, and – uh, Bayern Munich. Grand Munich every year for like five yeah, straight years. Yeah. And then we drew Monaco and still lost. <laughs> there you go. One year we drew Monaco, they had like Mbappe and Mar and all of the. Yeah, stuff. they went to the semifinals of the Champions League with a bunch <laughs> of like 20 year old kids. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Um, let's, let's move on to the NBA. The NBA draft happened and boy, oh boy, it was bad. It was like pretty unwatchable. The NBA draft is so stupid. I hate things that force us as human beings to like pretend while we're watching it is and then go look it up later of what's really going on yes then eric can i ask you a question why did you like dark so much i like dark because (laughs) that was pretend that was he was pretending he was into it he's like i have no idea what's happening let me go no no the show is pretend like the the draft is real life i like dark because it was well thought out the draft is not well thought out they're like how can we make all viewers just lose interest they won't know most of the players anyways but then they also won't know what team the player is on because they don't even, why don't they just here. pretend, like, get a secondary logo that's, like, drafted by actually going to. No, why don't they just let the team wear the, the kid wear the fucking hat of the team that right. we know he's going to? And if they have well, to the, fix it later on, then oh well. But how many times so, have they had to fix it later on? I think zero. I think yeah, zero. Here's the part that was the most confusing for me, was that Wolves' social media team posted a welcome 
um, you know, post for that, not in their stories, but like on their page for, no, for the Italian dude. Yeah. First. And he was one of our like, uh, later picks. Oh, okay. And then the next day they posted the welcome of like, um, the kid from Auburn and, uh, more from Duke. And mm-hmm. it was like, even the wolves don't know who they ended up with. Yeah. And that they're like, I their social media team is like, I don't know. We'll wait till we hear from the upper ups tomorrow. Everyone is confused at all times. It is so hectic. I just, I don't get it. It's really frustrating to watch. It, it kind of ruins the whole draft. It's yeah, I would I would agree because when you, you don't when know you where watch the, the NFL, go, then what's the point? The NFL is like trade is done, approved. You're a, a Falcon. You're a New York Giant. You're a Minnesota Viking. Mm-hmm. On the minute that you're drafted, you're on that team. It's already done. It's already you know, yeah, they announce like but, they've traded this yeah. pick and then they switch all. But the NBA has logos. this stupid shit. They have this stupid thing where it's like, oh, we have a proposed trade and the league can't approve it till tomorrow. And yeah. it's just like how how archaic of a system is that? Yeah. Remember when the Wolves traded Kevin Love to the Cavaliers and they had drafted Andrew Wiggins, but we had to wait like four weeks before Kevin yes. Love practiced with them yes. and Andrew Wiggins could come to the Wolves. We waited like week. Why? Yeah. Why did we have to do that? It's just, it's so stupid. It ruins the whole thing. So in this draft, the other problem with the NBA draft is that the NBA is really freaking hard to get in. Like there just aren't that many good players. There's so many just guys just passing by and there's mm-hmm. like 80 guys who are actually good. So in any given draft, most of the guys that get drafted are going to be bad. Like, right. or, like or are going to be nobodies. If they yeah. do stay in the league, they're not going to be of any importance. And so watching this draft, knowing that almost everyone in this draft is going to be a nothing, also kind of sucks. In the NFL, you watch a draft and you're like, there's going to be a lot of busts, but there's probably going to be 100 good players in this draft or 100. But, and, and then the opposite is true for the NBA. You're like, that guy? He averaged nine points and four assists, and he was a first-round pick. And then all of a sudden, you're like, he's the greatest NBA player of all time. Yeah. And it's it doesn't work that way with the NFL. Like, you have to be, like, really like pretty good in college numerically in order to be able to have a chance. I remember in... there was a kid named Patrick O'Brien who played for Bryant. I thought you were going to say Beverly. No, Patrick O'Brien <laughs> played at Bryant University. He was like a seven foot two guy. He was from Blaine High School. Okay. I went and watched him play in high school and he wasn't very good. He scored, averaged like eight points a game as a senior in high school. But he was then. huge. But he was like seven foot two. He tore up the NCAA tournament and went to the Celtics with like the eighth or ninth pick in the draft. And we were all excited. Oh my gosh, a kid from Blaine High School went in the lottery. And then he sucked so fucking bad in the pros and he never did anything. He hardly played. That's my problem with the draft. There's so much just grab guessing and randomly picking guys. And then once in a while, someone wins the lottery. They pick Giannis in the middle of the first round and he turns into one of the greatest players of all time. Oh, was that... Was that before or after the Wolves pick? Oh, it was after the Wolves. Wasn't pick. it like the pick right after? It was said literally the sec- the pick right after. So, yeah, I mean, it's just I think that the draft is kind of sick. Now, it was cool to see Chet Holmgren go number 2 overall. It would have been really cool to see him go number 1 overall and he could have played with his uh, high school teammate uh and college team, well, nice not college teammate, but went to the same college, Jalen Suggs, which would have been really cool if he would have went to the Magic, but he did go number 2 overall, which means Minnehaha Academy, the small private school in Minneapolis, had the number five pick in the draft, Jalen Suggs, last year, and the number two pick in the draft, Chet Holmgren. That Crazy. is unfucking heard of. Dude, we're a basketball town now. We just need some winning. Yeah. Well, if we could just keep them from not going to Gonzaga, uh, we could have <laughs> a basketball town going a, here. That's impossible. Yeah. It ends at high school, apparently. So 
<clears throat> Chet went second overall. That's really cool. Hopefully he does well. The um, Timberwolves selected Walker Kessler, the center from Auburn at pick number 20. He's a big, tall, white, shot blocking center. I swear to God, if this guy's a regular starter, I will. I don't know. I, I'm trying to think what? You'll eat your hat. Just go with that to keep it clear. Sure, I'll eat my hat. I like literally, I'd be stunned. Like, this dude has yeah. just backup center written all over him. <laughs> Why? Because he's a white dude that was drafted at 22? White centers drafted at number 22. I would mm. bet the hit rate on that is about 7 <laughs> <laughs> The hit rate is low. I mean, well, how many you, good okay, white centers quick, are there in quick the Quick question. Quick question. Honestly, yeah. would you Steven rather Adams, have. And he's washed. I don't know. Would you rather have. Boban. Nas Reed or Walker Kessler uh, with some potential upside? Yeah. Or, like knowing no, what I want you the know about ceiling. Nas yeah. Reed. I mean, he, so when somebody asked me like four or five days before the draft, it was like, what do you want? And I didn't know. I don't know the players. You know, I'm not the elite sports minds you guys are, and I don't think any of us know, you know, ba- you know NBA basketball like that. I certainly don't know the SEC basketball. Right. <laughs> exactly. So there is, you know, nobody in the group chat that was going to come in firing. But I, I just said, I just want somebody very big um, that blocks shots with a high ceiling. I don't know if this kid has a high ceiling, but he checked the other couple boxes. So I, I'm happy with it. I want to see what he can do. We d- Like, really, we desperately need uh, rim protection. So maybe this is that, and maybe the kid's good. And our team is young, and I just think you got to shoot for the moon. And they they got a big center that blocks shots. I'm happy. I, I'm not as excited about him as the, as I am the kid from Duke, but Wendell? I will say like if he is if Kessler is like athletic and can move and isn't like this lumbering like slow like Rick Smiths like kadung 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 like kind of like slowly running be out of the league and yeah, years, but like you know. yeah, somebody that's like athletic and we don't need you to score. Just rebound, rim protect, you know, and be smart with the ball. I, you know, I don't hate that um, mm-hmm. if he's going to be on, in the second unit. that's uh, That sounds great to me. Yeah. We also took Wendell Moore Jr. four picks later, a small forward out of Duke. Um, this is kind of like the high upside, high risk kind of pick. A guy with a great pedigree, a great school, who has a big body, who maybe could be something. This is kind of like drafting Zach Levine, but like a little less of a of a wild card, you know. Mm-hmm. Zach Levine could literally jump out of the gym. Um, right. I think it's just the kind of move where you're just hoping to hit it with someone who you know has obviously a great pedigree and a lot of the tools, and that they figured out in the NBA. Which also, by the way was a pretty shrewd move by our new president of basketball operations to turn one first round pick into two. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so we can't be mad at that, that no, even though we maybe moved down just a little bit, they were already interested in Walker Kessler and then got him and another dude just for trading down a little bit. Yep. We also got Josh Minot at number 45, a forward out of Memphis and Matteo Spagnolo, a guard out of Cremona. Um, it sounds like a fictional town from Avengers 2. Yeah. I can't imagine that either of those guys <laughs> any impact short term or maybe long term, but more swings at it. I think that's the thing is like if you get enough swings in the NBA draft, maybe you'll, you're one of the lucky ones who lands like a, a future starter. Yeah. Maybe Mateo and Balmero can like, you know, figure out how to be like the <laughs> white point guard duo, you know, for yeah. the T-Wolves moving forward. And Balmero probably won't be on the team next year. I don't <laughs> no. know. No, no, Ryan. Remember, we were so excited about or Eric. Oh, Eric, you it. were excited loved about Balmero, number one guy. You were so excited. Uh-huh. Uh, Let's keep he it. He only plays though. when we're either for sure when we've won it or we've lost it, and then he doesn't do much even. Then. So let's talk a little more wolves here. So 
big rumors coming out everywhere that D'Lo is going to get moved here. They thought he could move as early as the draft and as late as the first of free agent, yeah. the first week of July. I can't imagine D'Lo's back. I think he burned the bridge so badly in the end of that series where he couldn't even be on the floor in the fourth quarter of the game, the knockout game. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think they're going to try to move on from him. Um, I would imagine that if they're going to take a big swing, that it's going to be some kind of combo of D'Lo and Beasley in a multi-team trade um, where okay. they land some guy coming back to them. Um, I don't think he's back. And I think that, that um, I, I think mean, okay. So real quick, sorry to interrupt. How, how could you even want to come back? Right. I mean, what's, there's really very little path back to Minnesota for D'Lo at this point, considering all of the news and information that's kind of out there, you know, about like what Eric talked about. I, I don't even know if, even if the Wolves were like, dude, we think you were pretty good. You're very close on a one-year deal. I don't think there's any path for him. If yeah. he still had three years left on his contract, I would say, okay, let's, you know, maybe make it work. But his expiring value is significantly more lucrative to the Timberwolves than what he can produce on the court at this point. Yeah. yeah. So the big, the biggest rumored trade so far, the two big trades that I've heard that are not really that big of trades are um, the one with the most smoke is D'Lo to Washington for Kuzma and Caldwell Pope. Uh, Pass. Okay. <coughs> I don't hate that that much. Good honestly. defender, and I think it gives you some extra defense and it gives you some versatile guys. Um, but obviously, you'd have to give a lot more of the ball handling duties to Ant. Mm-hmm. Um, another one is um, some kind of trade, including Reggie Jackson from the Clippers, as the big piece coming back. I do not like that. that um, yeah, that's not that great. But you know. <clears throat> With D'Lo, it's like when he's good, he's really good, helps us win games. And I think he was overall more valuable than not during the regular season. But then, you know, we get to the post and when you don't show up, um, but you still kind of demand those minutes, that hurts the team. So I'd take, I'm not going to say I'd take anybody, but the fact that we're, you know, we'd free up the cap space, I almost would take anybody. So the other guys that we seem to be interested in are Clint Capella, um, big center. Um, cool. Also, it sounds like we're interested in, um, gosh, right, okay, Rudy Gobert. Give That'd be awesome. All, That'd be crazy. I mean, give me Both all the Clint Yeah. So I, don't I can, I can forgive Rudy Gobert for giving everyone in the world COVID in the same night. Um, <laughs> when he touched yeah, all the microphones. I'm the Frenchman. <laughs> Look what I did. Fuck you. People don't forget. I, I could imagine some kind of trade that revolves around D'Lo, Beasley, and Kessler for one of those guys. I'm not saying that's the only pieces we get back, but like some kind of deal with Velo Beasley and Kessler for Capella or for um Gobert. Something yeah. like that. Beasley, and I'm the, good to go with him too. He's he's so streaky. I can't handle him either. The only thing that worries me about Capella and I'm not trying to get into the analytics of it is that he really succeeded super well when he had a good point guard or a good like true distributor of the ball. Um, and if Ant is going to be our, you know, majority ball hander, handler, like he's not going to be running, you know, high screens and screening rolls for Clint Capella. And yeah. I think we'd need, we'd need a legitimate point guard to do that kind of stuff. So, um, that, that, that's my only trepidation, but I, give me Clint Capella all day long. Um, if I there's, think if there's would, additional plans. I think I'd be reaching out heavy to Phoenix. Trying Jeff to T. Do, no, no. Trying to do a signing <laughs> trade for, um, uh, what's the big guy? Uh, former first overall pick. Where and Phoenix? Aiden? Yeah. DeAndre oh. Aiden? Yeah. Just because he's unhappy there? Because he's a he's way he's a huge deal. I mean, he's really, really good. He's gonna be gone. 
Do they want him? They hate him. They hate him. He hates them. It's over. I don't know what's going on there. That is so weird. And that whole team, they must all hate each other after what happened. Oh, I'm saying, why don't we package D'Lo, Kessler, a pick, and and uh, Beasley, and go take their trash and Aiton, and just sign it up. Big three, Aiton, Town, and uh, um, what's his name? Ant with, with uh, McDaniel. And the thing I like is that I did hear Doogie Wolfson. Oh. Someone asked about McDaniel in trade talks. He said, I think McDaniel is a big deal, and the Wolves know it. And he said, I think McDaniel is the third part of their big three. Which is crazy. And I said, okay, Doogie, okay. That dude tied <laughs> the fuck in, too. Finchie so, the other day was like, um, no, McDaniel, we need him to take a big jump. We need him to have the best summer of his life and come back and um, and be a huge part of our team. So I think they really believe in him. I think they think he's the next deal. So I think be, he's... If he makes a huge jump, we're a legit contender. Eh, not contender, but contender for like whoa, winning whoa, one whoa. or two playoff rounds. You know, like maybe we can squeak in the Western Conference Finals if everybody improves, including him. So a big rumor is that... Uh, Kyrie Irving could be on the as everyone hates Kyrie Irving and it sounds like he's worn out his welcome in Brooklyn if Kyrie leaves then Durant said he might demand a trade as well so things could go get really bad here in Brooklyn they had a Harden Kyrie and Durant and they're gonna have one absolutely nothing and then they're gonna all burn it down very quickly and that's a real possibility. when they were that would, they were I would one, love it love that they were they were one win away from the NBA finals yeah and remember, was, was the, remember, Durant hit the the three to take the lead. Oh, the toe his, on like, the line. Size two hundred foot had his long yeah. shoe barely on the three point line. They switched it to a two, which sent them to overtime, and then they lost in Realize. overtime. His goddamn fucking mini ski. Um, <laughs> oh, the, yeah, that that's a big rumor. Um, uh, Kyrie's very unhappy. He wants to move on today. This morning, he said. He wanted to um, find a team for a signing trade. So he has a $36 million player option that he can opt in or out of for his last season in Brooklyn. He wants it to be paid by a different team. Um, Brooklyn said, fine, you can go look. It sounds like the only team who's inquired about him that wants him at that money is the Lakers. But the problem is the Lakers have nothing to offer. They have literally Russell Westbrook, who nobody would touch right now. Yeah. And that yeah. is it. And ESPN's reporting that Kyrie's opting in to his player option. So is he just going to opt in and then be a big old baby until they like yeah. him or something? Exactly. But like, you think? So oh, the NBA has those rules about like salary trading. And I don't think there's anybody that would take on, I mean, unless they're going to trade with the Rockets and John Wall's like albatross of a contract, I don't see him moving. But anywhere. if you trade for John Wall, then you have. Durant unhappy. No, so, no, but I'm just, I'm just saying, like, to make the numbers work. I don't mm-hmm. even know if there's any teams that have. I mean, unless you're trading like four guys for Kyrie Irving. D'Lo, there you go. D'Lo, it's like half the All Star season. Yeah. Who had an All Star season there? So here's my thing, though. Would you rather have D'Lo or would you rather have Kyrie? Because I think I'd rather have. D'Lo. No, I'd, I'd rather have I, Kyrie. I think I have a more important question. I'd okay. change my tune real quick if he became a wolf. Here's the Listen, thing. I would like hold him on, until the on. very first time he goes like, well, I've switched religions again, and, and oh, now oh. I can't Let wear any ask. jerseys that are blue or white, and so Shh. I can't play. Jim just, Jim just burning your segment to the ground Shush. here. <laughs> Let me ask you a question. Yeah. Would you be for the Wolves to make the NBA Finals, not to win, to make the NBA Finals, would you be an anti-vaxxer flat earther for 12 months? <laughs> so I have to post and really convince everyone? Oh yeah, everyone? like you got to really, you got to lean into it and you got to like, you got to wow. like pretend. Well, are they going to win or is it just like once they get there, we oh. don't know what's going to happen? Yes, you, you're committed to the bit 
of being an anti-vaxxer and uh, my body, my choice from a, a vaccination standpoint and a flat earther for 12 months or, you know, whatever, whatever the time frame is for the NBA finals to start. And then once they get to the finals, you can stop all the nonsense, but you're like, it's, it's up in the air and in, in terms of, of how well they do, but Kyrie's on the team. Well, there might I be some microchip thing. I probably wouldn't. If it was for the Vikings, I would in a second. I would, <laughs> I would get to the playoff, but like if it was the T Wolves, nah. Like that's that'd be so embarrassing. Like I would hate myself so much, and everyone else. Yeah, would it would be tough. It would be really tough, um, especially because I run the podcast account. You guys would hate that. Everyone has had that friend. <laughs> what did you say? Because I run the podcast account. You guys would fucking hate it. <laughs> I think that like everybody has had that like conspiracy theory friend, and it's like hard they to make suck. Yeah, they suck. And like the only conspiracy theory that I believe in is that Eminem X, right? Which is legit. Yeah. Because of the beard, mostly. Because of the beard. And his rapping took a sharp turn. Here's what he actually did. He stopped taking, like, benzo drugs. Like, weird-ass fucking (laughs) drugs. And then he was like, oh, I guess that was... The drugs were really making him awesome. I don't think it was benzos. I think it was, like, benzos and then getting high and then drinking a bunch of vodka. Yeah. And then he was like, man, I am a really good rapper when I do that. He's like, dude, I'm feeling inspired. Let me get in the studio. That's like when Bill Burr is like, "I've I've been sober for a year. It's fucking brutal. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, so you guys are you guys would not be uh, Jimbo would consider being a flat earther. Eric, you would not be a flat earther if Kyrie would lead the Wolves to the NBA title game. Maybe then I'd consider it at that point. That'd be pretty I think cool. I'd, I'd do it. Like the championship game, like game seven. Like it'd be a great. I mean, it'd be a tough oh, year. Great. That story. was my proposal. Is yeah. Kyrie comes to the Wolves, but the minute the season starts, you have to be a flat earther and an anti vaxxer. Yeah, and you got to be serious about it until the final start. I wonder if I like tried to take it seriously for a year. If I would like start finding things yeah. that like maybe yeah. like, well, <laughs> sure. Eric's like, we're like Eric. You don't have to involve Q in this. Like, why are you? This wasn't part of the deal. He's like, well, there's something. <laughs> All right. Um, I'm just saying, have you guys been to space? Have you right. seen it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I spent a lot of time listening to the Bill Simmons draft podcast and then the the one this weekend with Rosillo again. So five straight NBA podcasts covering wow. the draft and free agents. And he did talk a lot about Durant, a Durant trade and what a Durant trade would look like because okay. he's wrapped up for like three or four years and he's still a great player. So he went through all the players in the league who teams wouldn't trade for Durant. And he came up with like eight players. I'm going to miss some of them, but it was like Jokic, Embiid, Giannis, Doncic, uh, 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 what's the Celtics guy? Tatum. Tatum. Curry, Morant, and one other guy. I can't think of sure. it. And then he okay. said there were three maybe guys. And his maybe guys were like um, uh, Devin Booker, uh, Mobley, and Ant Edwards. Sick. And he said Ant Edwards, he said, I don't think the Wolves would trade Edwards for Durant. And he said they probably should, but I don't think they would. I think that they would say at least Ant wants to be here. I don't think Durant would want to be here. But it was kind of cool to hear him that well, high up. Be here for now, but we I think it was cool though just to hear his name yeah. that high up on a trade value list of like you know one of the big national podcasts. Whether you like Bill Simmons or not, Russillo and Simmons saying that you know Edwards is you know that level of a of a big deal. I I love to hear it, and I I would have to sit and think for a while, you know, of my list of who I would trade Ant for, and it's not long. You know, it's same, those same guys, essentially. Booker, I don't know. Booker's hitting his ceiling. He's very good. I would rather Vance and Booker. I'm, I'm good on that. Yeah, yeah, right. 
Yep. Um, I'd rather have Ant. The list is short again. Yeah, the list is probably seven or eight guys tops that I'd rather. Yeah, which is super cool. And plus, dude, just being a homer, I like the guy. I don't want to cheer for him on another team. I want to cheer for him here. He's so fun. He's fucking electric. He's a great actor. Turns out, I love everything about him. Is he the coolest actor? The coolest NBA player in the league? I think oh, he is. Fuck yeah. Absolutely. If he's not, he's climbing the ladder very And if quickly. he's not, it's only because he's like not on a bigger market team. Very true. Don't tell him that. I know. He for sure listens to this oh, show. He's very, he's very. Yeah, he is. All right. Um, all right. We'll move on. Stanley Cup ended, right? The Avs win. I was very happy about this. I really didn't want a three from the Tampa Bay Lightning. True. Which would be just brutal. But these games were so freaking good. I know they there were, were two well, balls, but there were four one-goal games that happened in this series. Two overtimes, and just, like, the action is so up and down in these games. I thought it was awesome. The Stanley Cup Finals is, like, some of the best sports you can watch. And it was cool to watch the Avalanche win. I don't really have any hate for that team, to be mm-hmm. honest with you. I don't have a fan, but I also don't, like, hate them. And so they were the most deserving team day one of this season. They obliterated almost everybody. They were so fast and so exciting. They made all the right moves. And they win in Tampa in game six, four to two um, for the series, two one for the game. And it was just really fun. I, I thought this was cool. I did see something that was pretty interesting. Um, it was like the injury that guys were playing with. Um, it's the favorite post, uh, like post mortem uh, statistic of the hockey player or like the hockey community of like, hey, like the, what was it, the Brad Marchand or I forget who it was for the Celtics who was playing with a collapsed lung in game seven of the last time the Bruins were in the finals um, or something like that. But yes, yeah. yeah. sorry, Eric, go ahead. No, it was just like the games or the, the injuries that some of these guys had. Um, I saw one of the injuries that a guy had was that he had a torn, um, one guy had a broken foot the whole time. Like, it's just crazy. These dudes are absolute maniacs with the things that they're playing with. Um, Matt Dumba in our series was playing with a punctured lung. Um, here, here's the guy, Sol, Solosity. He was kind of popular on Twitter a few years ago. I still follow him. He posted a thing of injuries and he said in a joke, these are are always wild when the end of the season injuries come out. And he said, yeah, I was blind in game three and four, but my team needed me out there. (laughs) Well, a couple of them. Alec Martinez played in the playoffs on a broken foot. He said, I was getting wheeled around a lot. Our medical staff is awesome here. TJ Oshie broke his foot and and developed back issues trying to play through it. Uh, Matt Dumba had a punctured lung, a dislocated rib, and a broken rib. I felt good enough to play, he said. <laughs> Tyler Sagan confirmed he fractured his foot in game one of the series. What a gutsy performance by Chris Tanov, who played with a torn labrum and a separated shoulder and had a sprained neck. Uh, Shen dealt with three different sets of broken ribs this season, and that ended up being an issue down the stretch. He also had a torn oblique. Uh, labral tears in both hips repaired via surgery for Brad Marchand per the Bruins. Uh... A couple others. Um, Nurse, I don't know who he is, had a torn hip flexor that he played for all three rounds. And then, you know, you know what I wouldn't do with any of these injuries? I wouldn't sit at my desk and do my job. Yeah, like no, let alone play a hockey game. So I, you can, they can't see this, but this is good potting. That was the foot of a guy who played for the Avalanche. All right. Valeri Mishkinen played through a foot injury last night and couldn't get his skate on without medical assistance, according <laughs> to sources. Once he had the skate on, it was only about playing through the pain, which he yeah, was able was, to do. Really that, photo, that photo reminds me of, what was it, Ponder's shoulder or something? Remember Christian Ponder? 
Yes. His Remember? He's like dead. He has like he has like, <laughs> like a dead foot. Like he has like a Mr. Deeds foot. Yeah. yeah. Ponder's, <laughs> Ponder's uh, torn bicep or whatever. Yeah. And then they release a photo and you're like, okay, I guess that's the reason you sucked at this game. Please explain all the other ones. But, you know. I just think it's crazy. Like, like. The fact that he had to have medical assistant to put his skate on tells you everything you need to, need to know about how bad it was. Gross. And he played and won the Stanley Cup last night. So these dudes are absolute animals. And it's really hard to to understand the level of violence in these NHL games when an absolute weapon is flying around at like 110 miles an hour and you're getting just drilled from all angles by people and hit with wooden sticks. This game is barbaric as fuck. And the and season Darcy injury. Kemper isn't even wearing pants under his leg pads. Like, how many times did we see the shot from like inside the goal? And Darcy Kemper is like making a save, and it's just bare ass calves are like hanging out of his pads. Like, what the fuck, dude? What are you doing? Put some tights on, you know? Yeah. Congrats to him, by the way. Another former player gone on to win a title. Wiggins and him can shake hands. And it was cool to see um, Eric smell. Johnson, former Gopher. Uh, hoisting up the cup as one of the leaders of that avalanche team. He's was he the one that dropped it immediately, or was that somebody else? Probably. They fuck it up every year. The Stanley yeah, Cup, do. what people don't realize is, is it gets horribly damaged every year, and then they fix it. Yeah. And there's, and like, I guess there's three of them. That's the one that they like show, and then there's another one they keep behind glass. And oh, then there's really? the one they let the players have. Yeah. yeah. I was going to say, I think the one that they let them, it's like the Lombardi trophy. Like that ain't the real one, son. Uh, like yeah. I know Tom, Tom Brady is chucking it over the boat and everyone's like, oh my God, how could he do that? And everyone's I mean, it like. it kind of is. Like it's probably been the same one that they've used for ceremonies for 10 years or something. That one's made of tin. And yeah. we don't care about that one. Yeah, that's true. That's not that's not even one they share. That's one yeah, that they get. The Cup is, Stanley Cup is the only one that just is the same trophy every year that they have to give back. Right. Pretty. All right, guys. The last thing we're going to talk about here is some transfer talk in the world of soccer. So Ooh. I think that the Premier League is off the freaking rails. And it shows you its dominance as a league when outside of about three other teams in the world, all of the people with any spending power are like the 20 tier league. Um, and that's it. Like the spending power is like, the 20 Premier League teams, PSG, Barcelona, Real Madrid, Bayern Munich, and that's about it. Juventus, maybe. <laughs> like, they just, like... Well, the mob money in Juventus has been a problem, like Eric said a couple weeks ago. Nobody has any money except for the 20 teams in the Premier League and then, like, a couple other franchises. And so... The Premier League is just getting talent. Even like the low level teams in the league sign like massive, expensive prospects all the time. Like mm-hmm. big time. Like if if you were really, really, really paying attention, some of the names that like Leeds United will sign this year are like guys who are going to be superstar players in the top in the well, world. Well, look at what I mean, Leicester is the Tampa Bay Rays of the Premier League, right? Yeah. Where they're kind of on a little bit of a budget. Not great, but I mean, they're not the bottom, but they somehow cultivate, find, sign major talents that go on to, you know, make the club a lot of money by uh, going to Manchester United, going to Chelsea in, you know, Ben Chilwell and yeah. uh, potentially, you know, this year, uh, maybe a guy, you know, going to, you know, Ingolo Kante going to Chelsea, another uh, Yuri Tielemans going to Arsenal. Uh, or, like they, or they win the title for them one time, which was crazy. Yeah. So we're just going to go through some of like the top six stuff that's happening um, and where these teams are. Uh, first up, City, just the cream of the crop of what how to run a team right now. Um, they signed Erling Holland. We talked about it last week for $50 million. They're going to sell multiple players for more money than that. 
They signed uh, England international Calvin Phillips for $42 million this week. And they're going to sign Mark Cucurella um, from Brighton, Spanish fullback uh, soon as well, um, to fill out just an epic lineup that they already have. Uh, Jim, your team is in, might be in rebuild mode. Um, so yeah, they are lost like Sadio Mane to Bayern Munich, and the rumor is that they are going to probably sell Salah now too. No, what? When did you hear that? So Salah is asking, is asking for a raise of like 240,000 pounds, which would make him significantly higher paid than any player in the league. Why? Um, Damn it. And so he wants all of this money and he's demanding all this money. And they are saying, well, we can't pay you over double what we play pay all the other guys on our team. Right. And so they're thinking about maybe cashing in on him for big bucks here knowing that like maybe he's at the end of his peak yeah and then using that money to try to refund reinvest we'd be fine we'd be still still be a top four team liverpool are so short on attacking players yeah that would suck because i just love you know it does suck to hear him ask for that type of money it almost feels like he doesn't want to be on the team like he knows they might not be able to come up with like do that when it's that ridiculous well when you're Um, when you're a team like liverpool like your whole team is built on like we're not the richest team in the world, but everybody makes good money, but no one makes disgusting money. And yeah. like, you can't really fuck that system up right now because <clears throat> they can pay everyone well, but they can't pay people stupid. And so they kind of are saying, I think they're going to say here, you know what, if he wants stupid money, then let's just yeah. sell him I mean, a year. They're in Liverpool, which is a pretty small town. And of course they are a huge international team, one of the most famous and rich teams. But, um, you know, it's not like they're a London team or a Barcelona team or something. So yeah. I kind of get that. Well, that would well, suck. Then, That's the first I've heard. I, I don't know. I'll, I'll, you've said this many years, Eric. You've said it, I think, every year we've done the pod that Salah's probably leaving that year. So I'm just going to take a second and uh, and see what happens. But I'll be on the lookout. Please well, text me is, first if it happens. This, this, this upcoming season will be the last under contract with Liverpool. Yeah. Okay. So, so if he does if he does not agree to term with them this summer, the likelihood of him being sold Locking. yeah is well, they're, they're, they're or, or yeah we could get fifty million for him now or zero for him next yeah. summer. Like what would they rather do? I think they'd rather get fifty million right now. Yeah. So I think they're gonna make their like this is our final offer pitch to him here in the next couple of weeks, and then he's gonna get to take it or leave it. And then if he leaves it, they're gonna say, All right, well, we're gonna have to ship you out. So And <laughs> considering some of his productivity, his wages of two hundred thousand a week is pretty low in mm-hmm. the Premier League. So well, I think right. I think he is underpaid, but not by a ton, but like enough that it's probably irritating that that they're not making a significantly larger offer for him. Yeah. So that's one. Then Ryan, your team is on what feels like a wild ride. I I actually have faith that they'll probably end up in a pretty good place, but um, just the late sale of the team mixed with like them firing the whole front office and having their new owner kind of lead talks. It feels a little hectic, but I think that the fact of the matter is that there is money there and some big players will still. Well, and it's, it's weird that, you know, they've from an interim perspective, they've said, Tuchel has, uh, for whatever whatever the phrasing is, uh, kind of the final say on transfers, um, which I think is a terrible idea. I don't think any first team uh, manager should have. Uh, I mean, we saw this with Thibodeau um, with the Wolves, you know, and having mm-hmm. like the the coaching power and the decision making of who comes in and and you know who goes in and out. Um, yeah. <clears throat> I don't I don't necessarily agree with that, but 
I don't know if Chelsea have any other choice at this point, um, other than to kind of like cobble together the best that they have. Um, and so like Eric said, you know, there were targets that um, the previous board and um, sporting directors were looking at and maybe pursuing. And that's all been kind of nixed at this point. And I have no idea what's going to happen in the next three to four weeks before uh, all the players have to report for preseason training back in England because um, we've been linked with so many people. We need probably at least two uh, center backs. We need at least one midfielder and we need to sell at least like 17 dudes. So I'm not really sure what the plan is, uh, but we'll see what happens. I've heard, uh, I've read several rumors that said this week, like the next like seven to 10 days for Chelsea are going to be very active uh, in the transfer window. But who knows? I, I like I, I don't know where this is going to go. All right. So here's my guess for um, for Jim's, which I failed to mention. I think that they're going to sell Mane and Salah here in the same summer. And they're going to sign Jude Bellingham is my guess. Is, is from my, Dortmund. Is, from Dortmund is my big guess. The 21, the 20 year old phenom English midfielder for like a hundred million. And he'll be the star player of the there eight years. So that's my you guess. Better learn who, who he is then. So, yeah. Um, and then I think with Chelsea, they're going to, we, Ryan and I have been talking a lot. Uh, Declan Rice seems to be their big target, but that's, I don't know, like if they can get, it's financially irresponsible. I don't know if West Ham will like stop acting crazy about his long enough to get him, but he's the piece that would, would be really off. They could get, and I know he wants to end up there. Um, my squad, the Arsenal, uh, I'm very pleased with our window so far. Um, but that's only because it's not because I think we're a title winning or in the vicinity of that. But because after having about 10 to 12 years of incoherent plans, to have a very clear plan heading into a summer and executing it feels amazing. Like, And then, well, and on top of, like, not only you've done that, but in January, unloaded a lot of dead weight. Like yeah. Just maybe, maybe the, you know, is it Terrera? Yeah. You know, not being not being purchased. Okay, maybe that threw a wrench in things overall. But for the most part, you got rid of the people that didn't want to be there, and you're bringing in people that want to be there to build around your young core. Yeah. And you you you're can't probably, really ask for much more than that. Their big signing is Gabriel Jesus from Jesus, I guess, from Manchester City. Um, which you know, one man's trash is another man's treasure. He's been a nice player. Um, he's not going to win the league for them, but he should be a nice player for them. They bring. It looks like they're going to sign Rafinha. Another Brazilian from Leeds maybe this week. And uh, I don't know. It just feels fun that they have like a plan. It always just felt like I didn't know what they were doing or what they were trying to do. And they were just, they didn't know either. And it feels like for the first time, like I can tell what their plan is. And I guess that feels good enough for me after so many years in the wilderness. Um, well, it, Wenger was like, if you're over 5'9", we're not signing you. I need, <laughs> I need short dudes. Um, Spurs, Tottenham Hotspur, we hate them. <laughs> Uh, I'm bored to death by what they do. They brought in um, Eve Basuma, the midfielder from Brighton, who's like being accused of sexual assault. Um, they brought... anytime you can sign a guy that's like under like criminal investigation, you know he's going to Spurs. Um, let's see. They also brought in like a 33 year old guy. What's his name? Uh... They brought in Fraser Foster, Foster, the goalkeeper from the old English goalkeeper. That was one of them, and they brought in. Ivan Perisic, even Perisic, the Inter Milan, like 33-year-old, like, wide player. Croatian guy. Uh, whatever. I don't know. I'm always kind of bored by what they do. 
Um, and then I think the craziest story of the entire uh, transfer window. So we've talked about a lot of cool signings and big names and players moving, whatnot. What the fuck happened to Man United? They were an absolute force. They were the biggest team in the world. And now nobody wants to sign for them. Everyone would rather sign for all of their rivals. They are constantly firing and hiring coaches and people to run the team. Did you guys see what happened when their new football director met up with an angry group of their fans and went out to eat? And then they recorded him like talking shit about the team like two weeks after he took the job? No. No way. Yes. He's like at a bar. He's like at a pub, like drinking a beer, talking to like these fans. And he's just ripping his team and players and bad signings and how talentless they are. And then those fans put it on the internet. Of course they did. Like two weeks after he got hired for this job and he's like shitting on the whole roster. So Is he going to get fired or what? No, but like. Wait, so that's that's Bob Woodward's replacement? Yeah. Is that who that is? Disaster. So I don't know. I don't know what's going on with them. They're going to end up signing idiotic players. They're going to end up spending $150 million on Ant, the Brazilian winger, and um, Frankie de Young. And those are two talented players. Don't get me wrong. Like I would like them on my team, but like they're going to pay such silly money for them. That it's just like is it's just going to be more of the same, just crazy spending. And like, I don't care how rich of a team you are. Like, you have to call, you have to pay the piper at some point. And like, you you can't make too many big mistakes. Like, the mistakes will come back to haunt you at some point. And like, every team in the world has made brutal mistakes on expensive transfers. I, I get it. Everyone has. But like, United is not learning from them, and they continue to make more of them, and they can't make anything work. So. It's such an incoherent team at all times, and like it just is kind of fun to watch them just piss away having the biggest team in the world and being like completely passed up by their rivals who are just the absolute little brother forever. They dominated Man City for generations, and then now City is like as well run of a team, even if they're sketchy, as you can be. And United is a complete joke who can't get out of their own way. And they lost Paul Pogba on a free. Their (laughs) agent, uh, the agent of Cristiano Ronaldo recently was like floating the idea to various other Premier League teams, namely Chelsea. Chelsea. Hey, what's it? What's the idea? Hey, what do you think about Ronaldo on Chelsea Chelsea and And, Bayern Munich? Both of them. And not not as uh, like Cristiano's unhappy, but like that's how far the star has fallen for United in terms of like talent and Mm -hmm. coaching and can see that Ronaldo's like, hey man, if anybody's listening, I'm willing, you know, I make enough money that I'm willing to go somewhere that like has like a good team instead of this pile of garbage. Mm. So we don't only talk about European soccer. We also talk about some U.S. soccer. So a couple cool moves. Um, The Italian player from Napoli, Lorenzo Antigna, has signed with Toronto FC, and he is going to absolutely murder the league, and he will be un-fucking-believable. If he cares at all, if he well, wants to try at all. It's going to be too good for the league. They have multiple cool kind of like aged out um, Italian players who have come in. Giovinco, I think, was the other one who came in. And they're in Toronto. And I didn't know Toronto has like a big Italian um, like population okay. in, in Toronto. I didn't know that. And so it's a pretty heavy Italian area. And so they are very passionate about their team, which has like kind of past superstars of the Italian national team there. And they're always pretty good. So that's kind of a fun signing. And then the big signing of the week was moving from Real Madrid 
to LAFC is Gareth Bale, one mm. of the best players of the past like 10 to 15 years. Um, definitely has passed his prime, but I think if he gives even a little bit of a fuck, he'll absolutely bang. He doesn't. He doesn't <laughs> care. <laughs> he didn't care at Real Madrid. He's not going to care in Los Angeles. He's going he's to like, like hey. show up at Nobu and see if someone recognizes him. What does he give yeah. a fuck, dude? I think he's there he's to like, like golf and shit. But like, yeah, he's gonna, dude, he could massacre the league if he saw it. He's an hour. He's an hour from Tory Pines. You're never yeah. going to see him on the field. <laughs> <laughs> so I do think some of those are cool. It would be fun if just like one time Minnesota United like signed a cool player. Uh, you know, he's like the designated player for Minnesota United is going to be signed from a Peruvian team and he's 29 years old. I'm like, yeah. what? Oh, it's so boring. Like and all your like, teams in the league are signing like 19 year old Argentinian future superstar. And we're always like signing like a 31 year old player um, from Colombia's second division. Yeah. Can I'm we like, do the Atlanta thing and do the Al- Miguel Almiron instead of like, like you were saying, the 31 year old washed up guy from some Chilean third yeah. league? You know? It would be like some superstar, like 32-year-old that has no reason. That's great. And they'd be like, yeah, but there's a really big Peruvian contingent in downtown <laughs> Minneapolis. Like, no, it doesn't. It's, you know what I mean? Like, that's not that's not why they're trying to sign these guys. So. No. <laughs> this right. Chilean dude, you may know him from being trapped in a mine. He's very famous in that country. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, the well, guess what? He made it out, motherfucker. Chilean temperatures very on par with Minnesota in October. So, <laughs> all right, guys, that's it. That's all the time we have on this episode of the Nordies Podcast. We'll be back with our screencast. We switched it around this weekend, you guys. So, uh, make sure to tune into that when we tell you everybody watching everything you need to catch up on. Until then, thanks for listening to your good friends here at the Nordies Podcast. Thank you.